Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back. Welcome to Brian Carter 99. That's me. I'm Brian. This is a 49ers podcast. Hope you're having a good day, evening, whatever it is for you. Um, I just figured I wanted to come in, review a little bit of last game, quick bit of news and updates, preview this upcoming game, but mostly I'm just kind of sitting here enjoying a whiskey and I thought it would be fun just to chat a little bit about what all the Niners look like up till this point and what we have to look forward to because at this point we've had you know we've had this whole crazy offseason everything has been freaking nuts with last year coming off a Super Bowl loss and then all the injuries and then the offseason stuff with all the quarterback things you know, are we getting Stafford? We were in the hunt for Deshaun. And then it was this person, that person. We were pretty much connected to like every quarterback rumor that was out there. And it sounds like Shanahan really was. And then we had this crazy draft. And then we drafted this kid, Trey Lance, who I know a lot of us hadn't really had a chance to really get to know it all up until the draft process. And we probably didn't even think about him that much until we traded up. We were sitting there at 12 or 13, and I was thinking, hey, you know, what about a corner? You know, maybe Pat Sertain or Greg Newsome or something like that. And instead, we ended up making this huge trade, and we end up getting this kid, Trey Lance. And then there's all this crazy media, and we have the rest of the draft, and all that happened, OTAs, and then we had our full training camp. We got all the way through training camp. And now we're two weeks, we've done two preseason games, we've got to see a good bit of Trey, he's attempted about 28 passes or so, and the the team, they look like they're ready to go, and it's an exciting time, and you know, it's just kind of fun, I know that... If you get on the internet, or forums, or Twitter, or whatever... I know there's a lot of people out there who just like to stir the pot, cause drama, cause controversy, you know, whether that's clickbait or they really just are like doomsayers and, you know, they believe that no matter what happens, like everything is wrong and bad. Uh, I like to think to myself as more of a positive optimist because I look at this team, I look at this situation and there's really not a better situation that we could be in. I mean, obviously, we didn't win a Super Bowl last year, but just in terms of how good our team is, how it's structured, the coaching, ownership, management, um, the culture, the chemistry of the players, the talent that's there, the scouting, the development, like so much of this franchise is trajectory up and as much as I was a Jimmy believer and I really like Jimmy he seems just like the best teammate unfortunately this is he's an eight-year veteran we've seen his ceiling and we're moving on we're moving forward and there's nothing wrong with that because he's gonna give it one final go this year uh the media day media had a 
chance to talk to Jimmy, talk to Shanahan, talk to Fred Warner today. And it sounds like Jimmy's going to be the starter. At least that's Jimmy's hinting at that. He's got his smile going and he's saying, I got a pretty good idea who the starter is. Shanahan says he has a pretty good idea who the starter is. And whether or not you like Jimmy or you hate Jimmy or you love Jimmy, he's probably going to be the starter week one. But we've also got this Trey kid and he has shown some incredible flashes in the preseason. And he doesn't quite look like he's fully there yet. And that's okay. Because again, the whole thing about getting Trey was we've got Jimmy He's 30, we've seen his ceiling, he's a good dude, he's an awesome teammate, but we've seen his ceiling, and we know what it is, and now we've got this 21-year-old kid with ridiculous talent. Um, If you could imagine, like, Trey was basically built in a lab in terms of what you would want for a modern-day quarterback. He's 6'4", he's built like a tight end, he's got probably a top five arm in the league as far as arm strength. Uh, like he's got a bazooka rocket launcher for an arm and he runs a four five and he seems like a really smart, humble, motivated kid. Who's a go getter and a quick learner. And he's only 21. So with how good the coaching staff has been with bringing talent in. And then in terms of like scouting and developing players, So many great stories. I don't know what it is with the fifth rounders, but oh my gosh, if we could just trade away all our fourth rounders and just draft in the fifth from here on out, I don't know what it is with the fifth round, but you know, we drafted Kittle in the fifth round. He turns out to be an all pro, the best tight end in the NFL. He looks like he's going to have a hall of fame career. I mean, Talanoa Hafunga, I was not nearly that high on him when we drafted him because I was like, who's this 4-7, you know, guy who wants to be Troy Palomalu? Because he's but at the same time, like the kid has been balling out there. And yeah, he's not the fastest, but he is just really good at football, you know, pursuit angles, tackling, he's making third down stops, he's making special team stops. I mean, who would have thought that a fifth-round strong safety is fighting for a starting job on this good of a roster? And then we've got, obviously, Diamador Lenore, Demo. He's been incredible throughout the preseason. And again, you can't put too much stock into preseason, but what I do like about the preseason is it gives you a chance to see how do rookies look versus other NFL caliber players and Demo, he looks good. I don't think he's going to be a starting corner on this team, but the fact that he was a fifth rounder, he's playing really well. He looks like the league is not too big for him and Honestly, if if week one was today, I think he would be our fourth corner. We got Verrett. He's playing at a crazy high level. We've got Mosley. He's been pretty darn solid most of the time. And he's a good player that, by the way, we found undrafted. And he's a quality starter. We've got Kwan Williams, 
who is an incredible slot. And now we've got this Demo kid, and he can probably play outside or slot. And we found him in the fifth round. I mean, what we're able to find, just finding these players. And then the other fifth rounder we got, Jalen Moore, the tackle out of Michigan or whatever. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's a starting caliber left tackle, but I mean, this kid has basically played every snap for the first two preseason games and he looks solid. I mean, I, I honestly think that Jalen Moore has earned himself a sw- the swing tackle job. Obviously school's out. He won't be back till maybe next year, but Banks hasn't quite earned his, you know, right guard spot. Brunskill seems to be holding that down. Jalen Moore is, seems like he has just been like, Hey, I am a not perfect, but pretty solid tackle. And again, the fact that we're finding these guys in the fifth round is, is just awesome. So I am just so excited for the future of this franchise. I know that we've had some really bad injury luck the last couple of years, and I'm hoping that that weird curse ends. I know that Jimmy has basically capped out his potential in terms of how good he is. Um, but again, you know, we've got this ridiculous upside young kid here and he can learn from Jimmy this year. And I really don't know what's going to happen between Jimmy and Trey. I mean, it could happen where Jimmy somehow ends up playing the best football of his life, which I'll be honest, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that we've seen Jimmy. We know what Jimmy is. And I think Jimmy is a solid starting quarterback. I would probably put him in like the 15 to 20 range in terms of NFL starting quarterbacks he's good enough to play but he's not going to elevate the team but you know what he's a great teammate he's a great dude and he knows how to be a good teammate he learned from so many good coaches and while he might be injury prone and he might not be the most talented guy he learned how to be a good teammate and a hard worker from Tom Brady Bill Belichick and he's learned a whole lot under Shanahan as well. So he is a good mentor for Trey. I think that's a good thing. So whether Jimmy ends up playing the entire season or Trey plays the entire season or it's some kind of mix um, or we end up trading Jimmy or whatever happens, I just feel like we're in really good hands. So anyways, I just want to start that off with a positive rant because there's so much negativity out there. And I'm just really excited that we've got to this point. There's been no serious injuries with starters and our team looks awesome. And the future is looking super positive. So uh, drink of the night, by the way, I mentioned I'm having a little drink. Uh, I am having a Knob Creek small batch rye whiskey, 100 proof, really good stuff. Just on the rocks with uh, some whiskey stones. So Yum, yum, yum. Anyways, uh, so just kind of go over some quick news. So the Niners did have to cut down to 80 players. And who we ended up cutting? We cut B.W. Webb. So if you don't know who B.W. Webb is, he's a veteran NFL corner who's been in the league for 8 or 10 years. He was number 35 with the Dreads who kept getting beat really bad. He was playing slot. Uh, He just wasn't playing that well, and he wasn't going to make the team. So we ended up cutting him, and, uh, you know, he was 
He had a couple good plays, but he also just got beat really badly. Um, we also ended up cutting defensive end uh, Calhoun. Don't really remember him doing anything. Didn't expect him to make the team. So, you know, when these five cuts are typically bottom of the roster, guys. Uh, offensive tackle, Kafusi. I forget what his first name is, but uh, Kafusi. And he was primarily playing right tackle, and he was primar- primarily badly <laughs> playing right tackle. He wasn't very good. He uh, didn't do very well blocking, and that's kind of the, the job of the offensive tackle. We also ended up cutting River Craycraft, which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, I'm not the hugest River Craycraft fan, but I thought Shanahan liked him enough that he would try and keep around on the practice squad. Um, River Craycraft, is a, he's a fun story, and uh, who knows? We probably haven't seen the last of him. I think he's one of those guys that just kind of bounces around the league from practice squad to practice squad. And every once in a while, he ends up playing a game here, a game there with the team. So, yeah, so long, River Craycraft. We also ended up putting the linebacker, Michael Kendricks. We ended up sending him to injured reserve. Uh... Kind of a weird, extremely short career. Michael Kendricks with the 49ers. He uh, signed. He played one snap this game. He ended up hurting him his toe. I think he got turf toe. They put him on IR. If I were to hazard a guess, they're probably going to release him with a injury settlement designation kind of thing. And also, something that kind of bugged bummed me out was we also ended up releasing wide receiver undrafted rookie Austin Watkins and I was a fan of Austin Watkins I thought Austin Watkins had the potential to have you know we could stash him on the IR redshirt him for the year bring him back next year and he could be a quality uh, a, a quality person who could legitimately compete for a roster spot next year. We ended up releasing him with an injury designation. So he is good uh, or he is released. Uh, So I no longer have a UDFA rookie crush. So I'll have to find another undrafted rookie crush. And yeah, I think that's the main thing. So a couple other things going on. So just quick news. Uh, Jaquiski Tart today got activated from the pup, so he was actually practicing today. He was primarily practicing with the twos and threes. Nick Bosa and D Ford were both full go today, as well as Trent Williams. So we actually got to see a little bit of bear versus gorilla. Uh, if you get that, that's Bosa versus Trent Williams. And apparently, Bosa's very first play during 11 on 11s today, it was a sack. So. Bosa's back. He looks good. He's participating in one-on-ones. He's participating in 11-11s. He's probably going to play at least a couple snaps on Sunday versus the Raiders. D Ford apparently is continuing to look better and better and better, which is fantastic news. Can you imagine how good this defensive line is going to look? If you haven't had a chance to watch the highlights from last game, I'm going to review last game here in a second but our defensive line is ridiculous think about this 
our front four pass rushers, we have D Ford and Nick Bosa on the edges. In the middle, you've got Armstead and Kinlaw. Now let's look at the second team. The second team, you've got freaking Ibukam on the edge. You've got DJ Jones. You've got, oh geez, who else is going to be in the middle? Uh, any number of guys were crazy deep at the interior, whether you're looking for a Maurice Hurst, who's out for maybe a month, but he'll probably be back around week two or three. You've got Zach Kerr. You've got Contavious Street. You've got Kevin Givens. Um, I mean, just crazy deep on the interior line depth. And then on the other edge, we've got Arden Key, Jordan Willis. Jordan Willis looked incredible this last game. Arden Key has been looking great all preseason. So the fact that we have a starting front four who are insanely good and then backups, like our second and third string defensive linemen, they're going to be guys who would start on half the, like, the majority of teams in this league. Like with how well Jordan Key, Jordan Willis, Arden Key, Samson Ibukam, Zach Kerr, Contavious Street, with how good those guys are playing, they would be starting on teams in the NFL. There are second and third string guys. Our defense during the Chargers game, if I remember correctly, our defensive line had four sacks and six or eight tackles for a loss. Our defense held the Chargers to like 2.3 yards per play. That's insane. They only scored 10 points, and the touchdown that they got was because HaHa Clinton Dix decided he didn't want to cover his guy and left him wide open in the end zone, and Easton Stick made a very impressive play where he was running, he was almost stepping out of bounds and flicked it back to a wide open guy that Clinton Dix decided not to cover. So our defense is so good. And then again, Tart coming back, Hafanga with how good he looks as a fifth round rookie, Jimmy Ward, probably one of the most underrated safeties in this league. And then Verrett and Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, I mean, holy crap, like this defense looks like it is going to be so good. And I do have to give an, a, a special shout out to our new coordinator, D'Amico Ryans. He, how well the defense has been playing, looks so good. Our defense looks incredible, and we haven't even had our starters out there yet. I cannot wait to see how good they look because... Right now, it's looking like the defense is going to be a top five unit just from what I've seen so far, and we haven't even seen the best of it. So I am very excited about that. Whew. All right, so uh, let's talk about this last game a little bit, and then we'll talk about this upcoming game. So as far as the game that happened, so Jimmy started out the game. Jimmy started out the game, and Jimmy was not really all that great. Uh, PFF, they give him about a 45 grade, but ultimately, Jimmy was Jimmy. He was three of six. He had a couple nice, he had a nice third down conversion. He had a couple short passes. 
he ended up missing um, on an out route high and outside. And then he also had an interception where he just threw the ball way too high for Ayuk to catch. And there was a lot of crap on Twitter about whether that was Jimmy's fault or Ayuk's fault. Ayuk is a freak athlete and he has 99th percentile arm length. Like Ayuk's arms are over 33 inches and he was over a foot in the air, fully extended, and he couldn't catch that. So I don't know who could have caught that. And you could say, you could argue it touched his fingers so he should catch it. But two three two things can be true at the same time. You could argue that Ayuk could have caught that, but I would argue that was a shitty throw by Jimmy. And he ended up getting picked off by uh, the Chargers rookie, who I know a lot of us wanted the team to draft, Asante Samuel Jr. He ended up going one spot before we picked Aaron Banks. And uh, I'm sure many of us probably would prefer to have Asante Samuel Jr. over Banks, but either way, it is what it is. So Jimmy was Jimmy, you know? He had a couple checkdowns. He coordinated the offense. He had He did have a nice little scramble there where he scrambled around a little bit, picked up a first down, so that was kind of cool. And then he had the bad interception. It was like a seven-minute drive that was like 16 plays, and he was three of six for like 20-something yards. So not super impressive, but, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy, and we know we're getting. You know, he's, again, Jimmy's 30 years old. We know we're getting with Jimmy. He's a solid quarterback, but... We know what he is. Lots of uh, lots of short stuff, lots of over-the-middle stuff. He's good in the quick game. He's a good rhythm passer, but you know he's going to make a couple dumb, inaccurate decisions here or there. Now, the real thing that was interesting was Trey Lance. Now, when Trey Lance came in, he started out very badly. And I'm not going to go through every single play, uh, but... Basically, his first three drives, he went one out of five. So he completed one pass to Debo for nine yards, and he went one of five with an interception. He looked, I don't know if I would say that he looked uncomfortable, but he looked like he was amped up, and he was throwing the ball too hard, too high over the middle, and I think the biggest criticism so far that I have of Trey Lance is pretty much just that the kid needs to calm down and know that he doesn't need to throw a rocket every single throw. I mean, we know that he has a, a, a rocket launcher for an arm. He can make a 50-yard pass easy. He can. The kids that he went to school with at North Dakota State said he could throw the ball, throw the ball 80 yards. I don't doubt it. I have zero doubt that Trey Lance could throw the ball 80 yards if he wanted to. But here's the thing is if you, if you look at his throws, not only is he throwing the balls legitimately like a hundred mile an hour, but he doesn't have a tight spiral. And if you don't have a tight spiral and the ball's coming at you crazy hard, it's, it's difficult. It makes it difficult for receivers to catch. Obviously the receiver's job is to catch the ball, but if your receiver is 10 feet in front of you, you don't need to throw it like it's a hundred mile an hour fastball. 
And when he puts so much behind it, I think that is what causes a his inaccuracies and two the wobblers, as I call them. I've heard some people call them a knuckleball, but like the ball looks like it's wobbling and it's weird because it's usually fairly it's it's kind of accurate. He, he can be accurate with it. But it's just the ball is wobbly and it's coming at you so hard that it's hard to catch. So something interesting else that I saw was throughout the first two preseason games, Trey Lance has only completed about 42% of his passes. But he's also had seven drops, which is the most by any quarterback throughout the preseason. Now, if you take away the drops, Trey Lance... If all those drops were catches, he would be completing around 71 or 72% of his passes. So if Trey Lance can just settle down a little bit with some of his passes and not throw them 100 miles an hour when the guy is 10 yards in front of him, when he doesn't need to, I think he'll be a little more accurate. It's like, if you can imagine when you're trying to play catch, Obviously, if, if you're playing, you know, let's, let's say baseball or football, either way, if you're trying to throw the ball far, you know, you wind up a little bit more and you lean back and you kind of, you, you launch it, you give it some velocity, but you're also going to give it a little bit of an arch and some touch and like loft it over down to who you're throwing at. Now, if you're just sitting 10 feet in front of somebody and you're playing catch with a baseball, are you going to throw it as hard as possible when you're 10 feet away? No, no, you, you don't need to do that. You just kind of, you just kind of toss it, you know, and Trey just needs to focus on tossing it in these little short ones. You know, if you're inside, if you're only 10 yards away, you don't need to throw it hundred miles an hour. Now, the good thing is again, he's 21 years old. He was probably just still rusty and amped up. Now, here's the good thing. Once the first three drives ended, Trey, he settled down. He settled down, and on his next couple drives, he went 7 of 9 with 93 yards and two touchdowns on his final three drives. That's a 78 completion percentage. So, I mean, Trey can do it. He can totally do it. And that's the crazy thing is if you watched his first three drives of the game, you'd be like, holy crap, this kid is a bust. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's throwing interceptions. He's throwing high over the middle. He throws way too hard when he doesn't have to. He is terrible. And then if you only watch the second half of what he played, you know, his final three drives, you're like, oh my gosh, this kid's amazing. He's completing 78% of his passes. He threw two touchdowns. So Trey just needs to settle down because he's got the talent. He just needs to focus on getting more comfortable. Now, the other really interesting thing is if you've noticed the offense that they have been running this preseason with Trey and the situations that they've been putting Trey in, Shanahan is intentionally putting him in difficult spots to teach him. So when you think back to what we saw in Trey's college film, Trey in college, he did a whole lot of play action passing and his team dominated. They went undefeated 17 and 0. They won a championship. He had like 27 touchdowns, zero interceptions. 
So he didn't have to deal with very much adversity. He did a whole lot of under center play action passing. He didn't do a whole lot of just pure drop back passing out of the shotgun. He didn't do a whole lot of two minute drills. Got to catch up and score real quick because they dominated. So Shanahan is intentionally putting him in difficult positions to be like, hey, we know you can run the ball. We know you can do QB power runs. We know you can do a zone read run. We know you can do a play action pass and launch a 50 yard bomb. We know you can do all of that and you're really fucking good at it. But what you didn't really do in college and what you need to do to get ready to play as part of your development, you got to learn the drop back passing game. You got to learn the two minute drill. You got to learn how to rebound. So we're going to intentionally put you in difficult positions to teach you, to see how you respond. The fact that he bounced back so well, that was a good teaching moment. If you noticed, when they got down to that final two-minute drill, when Trey came back and had a really good drive, that one drive where they had like they had less than a minute left, Shanahan did not call a timeout when the Chargers were going to kick a field goal, he waited for the Chargers to run out the entire play clock and let them call a timeout. He intentionally let over 30 seconds off of the clock so that he could force Trey into a situation where he's like, Trey, you've got less than 60 seconds, two timeouts, 75 yards. Let's see what you got. And what did Trey do? He said, you know what? I had a couple bad drives. Let me complete a couple passes. I'm going to launch over here to Trent Shurfield, throw a perfect ball to Trent in between coverage. My guy beat his one-on-one matchup. He gets some extra yardage. They get down to like the 15 or whatever. Quick slant to Ayuk or whatever. Pick up another five. Now we've got about 10 seconds left on the clock. We're going to go empty set formation, Sanu, bam, quick little hitch in whatever, hitch in, slant, whatever you want to call it. Sanu's there, bam, touchdown, under one minute. That's the thing that I love to see. I love to see Trey bouncing back. I love to see that he was correcting his mistakes. He didn't, he was so much more accurate after his first couple drives and he calmed down. Trey just needs to keep working on his mechanics. It all starts with the feet. So I'm sure that that's what they're going to be preaching this entire preseason, all of training camp, uh, throughout the season is, hey, just remember, focus on your feet. Don't throw it high over the middle. You don't need to throw a rocket every time. And it's just really exciting. I mean, again, through two games, Trace completed only 46% of his passes with seven drops and three near interceptions without the drops. He's completed 71% of his passes. Now, to be fair, he also almost fumbled the ball while getting sacked. He needs to have better ball security and awareness there. If that was Joey Bosa over some second stringer, Joey Bosa would have stripped the ball. Would have been a strip fumble. He's also almost thrown three interceptions so far. Now, part of the reason why I think he doesn't throw very many interceptions is because he throws the ball so freaking hard. Hard. 
I don't know if you noticed this. But go back and watch the almost interception that he threw when he was trying to throw it to Charlie Warner. Warner was running like a quick out, and there was a defender trailing him. And he almost threw the ball. He literally threw the ball into the defender. Now, what happened is he hit the defender with the ball. And it hit the defender so hard that the defender was wincing after the play. Like he tried to catch it and it, it looked like it like broke his finger and like punched him in the gut. (laughs) Like that's how hard this kid throws it. He's literally hurting defenders hands and throwing haymakers with the ball to their guts. So yeah, I mean, Trey has, unlimited upside and I am so excited to see the future of this kid but let's let's remember I'm I'm not a big hot take person I think that the film tells more than the stats do and you got to get a lot of context from a lot of different areas and learn from a lot of people and absorb a lot of opinions before you can get a good view of the the whole big picture and big picture is that Whoever starts this year, what matters more than anything is Trey's long-term success. I don't, I don't, obviously I want Trey to play. I have come to the, my personal conclusion is that I don't think Trey is quite ready to start yet. However, Jimmy Garoppolo has not played well enough to deserve to be the starter for the rest of this season. And the only way that Trey is going to get better is with real game reps. Trey is not going to get better by sitting on the bench for an entire year. I mean, he might get a little bit better, but what he really needs is game reps. He needs to get in there. He needs to play. And then after he plays for the week, whether he plays good or he plays bad, he's going to get in that film room and he's going to get in there with Shanahan and Rich Scangarello and whoever else is there. Um, Mike, uh, yeah, McDaniels, you know, his quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator, Shanahan, and they're going to walk through every single play. And they're going to talk about what did you do right? What did you do wrong? What happened here? And then he's going to work with his QB coaches and he's going to work on his throwing mechanics. Trey needs reps because he's basically prior to this preseason, he had played one game in about 18 months and it's really hard. Like they say, it's really hard to get better at something without doing something. And what we've seen from Jimmy is that Jimmy is solid, but Jimmy is going to, Jimmy is going to throw bad interceptions. Jimmy's going to cause turnovers. And I am of the belief that Jimmy's upside stability and leadership it is a very short amount. It's not a very long amount of time where that is going to outweigh Trey's potential even as a rookie in terms of what he can do offensively with his legs what he can do stretching the field with his arm 
and how much Shanahan is able to unlock his entire playbook and the dumb rookie mistakes that Trey has, I am more accepting of a 21-year-old rookie having idiot mistakes like throwing a slightly inaccurate pass over the middle and getting picked off by a linebacker. I am much more accepting of a 21-year-old rookie doing that than a 30-year-old NFL quarterback who's been in the league for eight years and who is supposed to be a really good quarterback. So, you know, and Jimmy's not going to give us the explosive plays. I mean, again, here's the thing. Shanahan has made this intentionally difficult on Trey. He said, hey, all these things that you haven't done very much of, that's all we're going to do during these preseason games. We're not going to give you QB-designed runs in the preseason. We're not going to give you zone reads. We're not going to give you options. We're not going to do play-action passing. We're not going to do all that shit that you're really good at, and we're not going to do all that shit that I have specially drawn up for you to screw up other teams' defenses and to demolish other teams. We're not going to do any of that. We're going to force you to do all the difficult things because if you can learn those nuances of the position, those two minute drills, you know, the, how to diagnose coverage is better. Like how to, you know, how to do all that in game stuff that matters in the NFL. Cause you can't expect to be blowing everyone out in the NFL. Like you did at North Dakota state. And yes, you were the best player probably in that entire conference. And I think he was, I think he was voted that, but Right now, you are not that in the NFL. We're not going to be blowing out every team by 15 points. So you got to learn that two-minute drill. You got to learn those drop-back passing stuff. So Shanahan is preparing him. And Shanahan came out, and he said Jimmy G's the starter. He's also said Trey Lance is going to have packages. He's also said Trey Lance is going to play. I think the best thing for Trey is for him to play a little bit in relief early on in the season. But I really do believe that they need to make a full transition at some point by midseason. I think that that's the best thing for Trey's short and long-term development. Uh, I know a lot of people have said, hey, Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. But here's the difference. Patrick Mahomes didn't know how to do NFL offenses. He ran a really weird college spread offense. He didn't know how to call play calls. He just had a crazy arm. And he learned how to be a professional, how to do play calls, and all that like pro-style stuff the year that he was sitting. Trey Lance was doing all that pro-style stuff at North Dakota State. So really, all Trey needs to do is focus on the mechanics, learn some basic stuff like two-minute drills, drop-back passing, and get reps. So Jimmy's going to start, but Trey's going to play, and the sooner that Trey earns his way onto a starting spot, the better, and we will see an extremely explosive offense when we do. Because again, Trey's going to have some lumps, but I am more than willing to accept 10 interceptions from a rookie than from a 30-year-old veteran, especially when that rookie can make up for it by flipping the field with a 40-yard bomb 
once every game or so. So anyways, that's my Trey Lance uh, end of rant. (laughs) Uh, Some other guys who have played really well. So I mentioned Lenore uh, and Hafunga. Lenore and Hafunga look awesome. I don't know what it is with these fifth rounders, but we found some gems. Lenore looks really good. He looks confident. He's playing really good coverage. Hafunga, I know he only runs like a 4.6 or a 4.7, but he's just so good at football. He loves to tackle, and he's just out there making plays constantly, and he looks really good on the field. Like, I haven't seen Hafunga making mistakes. He looks like he understands pursuit angles really well. He likes to hit guys, and he just seems like he looks like a veteran out there which is something that I wouldn't expect from a fifth-round rookie, but Hafunga looks legit. Ambry Thomas, he was okay. He needs to develop. Um, I I heard in his scouting report some people said that he had slow feet or that he wasn't very good in terms of his change of direction, and some of that I've seen, some of that I've not. Uh, I've heard some people say he's a very linear athlete, Meaning, you know, he can run like a sub 4-4, four, four, but his three cone would maybe be slower than expected. So it could be that. Uh, he also had the year off last year from COVID. So that might have something to do with why he hasn't played all that well. And then there's also like the strength thing. I've heard a lot of people say that, hey, he needs to develop his NFL strength and spend a year in the weight room. So Ambry Thomas has looked okay, and again, Ambry Thomas, he was basically a fourth-round pick because we got him with a compensatory pick at the end of the third, so I wouldn't expect what's essentially a fourth-round corner to look extremely good off the bat. Demo, I was honestly higher on Ambry than Demo, but Demo's been playing really good, and I would feel a lot more confident with Demo out there than with Ambry. And I think Ambry's going to need a year. Uh, But at the same time, I think that he does have the potential that he could be pretty good next year. So, yeah, we'll see. Jared Maiden had a really good game. I will continue to be on the Jared Maiden train. I remember last year I was interested in this kid and I really wanted to see him. But again, there was no preseason last year, so we didn't have a chance to see him. He looks really good. He had a 93 PFF grade this game. Last game, he was also a top five defender with the PFF grades with like a 77 or a 78. So Jared Maiden has played very well in coverage at safety. Uh, He had that pick six. Granted, the touchdown portion of it was negated by a penalty. But hey, the dude had an interception. He had a pick six. Uh, he's played really good coverage and just in general played really well. Much better than Kai Nakua. Kai Nakua had like a safety blitz sack, which was cool. But he also totally missed an interception. And I just don't think Kai Nakua is that good. Jared Maiden is making a very strong case for being one of the safeties that I don't think is going to make it, but might deserve it. So... I don't think Maiden's making the team. I really hope we can stash him on the practice squad, but with how well he's been playing, I I feel like another team might snipe him. 
and uh, you know claim him off of waivers, which will be a big bummer. Our defensive line. Our defensive line this game was amazing. Uh, Jordan Willis, he had the sack safety. Uh, Ibukum, he was just shooting fast off the edge. He was fast off the edge. He looks he looks fast and he looks strong. He had that sack where he engaged with uh, the tackle. Then he looped around and it looked like he engaged with the guard. The quarterback tried to take off and run. He just chased him down and sacked him. So Abukum got a sack. I think I've mentioned this before, but I think Abukum is going to be that guy where he gets the... Um, I forget what you call them, but like a cleanup sack. He's just high motor, but athlete. You know, he's 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 pretty darn fast. He runs like a 4.5 or a 4.6, uh, which is really fast for a defensive lineman, if you can imagine a 4.6 defensive end. But he's also very strong. If I remember correctly, I think he was 80th or 90th percentile in terms of uh, just like the bursting, explosive testing. And he's got a high motor. So I think he's going to be the guy where, you know, those things where Russell Wilson is like running around and Kyler Murray just running around, running around. And you see guys out there like Armstead who just can't quite catch him. Well, Abukum is going to chase him down and he's going to catch him. And he's going to get those like cleanup sacks. So Abukum looked good. Arden Key looked good. Again, looks explosive off the edge. He had a batted down pass where he batted down a pass. So that was cool. Uh, they all look great. I mean, honestly, like our defensive ends, they look good. Again, defensive ends. Bosa, Ford. Now you've got Jordan Willis. I know he's suspended for the first six games. But when he comes back, we're getting a fresh leg Jordan Willis who's going to be that one of those speed power edge rushers. We've got Abukum and Key in there as well. I mean, he looks good. Care uh, looked really good. Street looked really good. Um, Yarbrough, who I don't think is going to make the team, he looked really good. He had a good PFF score. Again, defensive line, four sacks, six tackles for a loss. Just overall, defensive line, awesome. And uh, it's going to be really hard. There's, I think that we are only going to keep 10 defensive linemen. Now, there's a couple tricky things. So first off, Jordan Willis is suspended for the first six games. So he is not going to count towards the roster for those six games, which means if he doesn't count towards the 53, we can keep someone else for the first six games. Now, that does mean that after his six-game suspension, if we do want to bring him back, we're going to have to cut somebody. But good news is I think it's worth it to bring in a quality defensive end. And at this point, I would say he's probably our third best defensive end behind, uh, obviously behind Bosa and Ford. But I would probably put him in a Bukum like almost neck and neck in terms of uh, like defensive end depth. Along with Key. I mean, again, we've got three really quality rotational guys there, which is amazing because you need that edge rotational depth if you want to keep guys fresh and explosive, which is what we want to do. Another really good game from Sherfield, So that's always good. Um, it's The thing that I really like about what Sherfield has been doing is that it hasn't just been one catch. He's looked really good consistently. 
whether he is, you know, beating his guy. He had that one deep bomb last week, beating guys on like in routes. Uh, he's just beating everyone and he looks really good and he's not dropping passes. Sherfield is one of the few players who has not dropped a pass. Ayuka's dropped a pass. Debo's dropped a pass. All Richie James knows how to do is drop passes. Um, I mean, yeah, pretty much everyone's dropped a pass except for Sherfield. Sherfield looks good. I think Sherfield has ingrained himself at this point as the number three receiver. And I say number three because he can play outside. And I think that when it comes to rotating out somebody play on the outside, first one is going to be Sherfield. Sanu, I think, is going to be our slot rotational guy. Also the veteran. So we've definitely got the first four wide receiver positions settled. And I do believe that Jennings is going to be the fifth wide receiver. Really unsure who that sixth one is going to be. Travis Benjamin bounced back this week, had a solid game, caught a touchdown on a crosser from Trey. Uh, he also had a had a solid return. Uh, Richie James decided to catch a ball this week and have a good return, so maybe he actually wants to make the team. That was kind of surprising. And then Simba Webster didn't have that great of a game. So I was all high on Simba Webster last week, and then this week he didn't play as, do as much. So we'll see. Uh, some stock down. So things that were not quite as good. Colton McKivitz, not nearly that good this week. Um, so last week, McKivitz had like an 80 PFF score. This week it was like 40, so way worse. <laughs> Uh, backup offensive line in general doesn't look that good. I will say the positives on the backup offensive line. Um, Jalen Moore, again, for a fifth round rookie. Keep in mind where these guys are drafted and how young they are. Jalen Moore, fifth round rookie. He's played pretty darn solid at left tackle considering he's played basically every snap for the first two games. Colton McKivitz, not amazing, but... Again, last year he was a sixth-round pick. So what do you really expect from a, a sixth-round guard? Not a whole lot. And he was a tackle converted to guard, so he's probably going to make the team as one of the interior offensive line depth pieces. Uh, but I don't think he's somebody that you want playing. Um, tight end Michael Pruitt. I was really hoping to see something good from him because we didn't see him week one. He had the injury that he was out for a bit. Uh, he was basically a non-factor in this game. Didn't see anything from him. PFF gave him a 36. And again, PFF is not everything. It's just a data point. So just a little bit of context. Uh, so I'm really hoping that Michael Pruitt has a chance to show something this week because... So far, he's not, and if he's not, it's looking like it's going to be Kittle, Dwelly, and Charlie Warner. Warner has been kind of up and down, but so far, he's been better than anyone behind him. Uh, we did have to watch some of Sudfeld, which was not pretty, and uh, let's hope Sudfeld is a good teammate and a good clipboard holder because I don't ever want to see him on the field. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of haha, uh, haha stock down on Clinton Dix. 
he gave up the coverage touchdown. So the one touchdown that the Chargers scored, Easton Stick was rolling out to his right. He was rolling out, rolling out, rolling out. And eventually he was about to step out of bounds. And there's like three guys crashing down on him. It's like B.W. Webb, another person. Haha Clinton Dix is supposed to be in coverage. And there's literally one guy wide open in the in the end zone. And it was the guy that Ha Ha Clinton Dix was covering, but then he decided to chase after Easton Stick when there was already three guys in Easton Stick's face. And he left the guy wide open, so Easton, you know, flicks the ball real quick into the end zone. And Ha Ha gave that up. So kind of stock down for him. I don't know if he's going to make the team. Uh, it, following your assignment is so important in our, in our, our scheme. The way that our defense seems to coach is that they don't want people who are just out there being playmakers and freelancers. They want people who stick to their assignments. And if you don't stick to your assignments, you're going to give up touchdowns. And the one touchdown that was scored against us, Ha Ha Clinton Dix gave up coverage, so I gave him a knock for that. Uh, Richie James, I said he caught a ball, but he also was afraid to catch a ball. He actually ducked on the other pass that was targeted to him. Uh, yeah, so please cut him because he's afraid to cut catch the ball. And even on the catch that he did have, he literally caught it, fell to the ground, and the ball flew out. So I was like, ah, shit, he dropped it. And then I was like, oh, wait, they actually gave him the catch. So cool, now it's third and two versus, like, third and 13. But I thought that it was considered a drop because the catch that he did had, he fell, hit the ground, and the ball popped out. So I have zero confidence in Richie James' hands. In terms of the running backs... It was pretty much just Gallman and Hasty. Now, I think what I could what I've gained from watching Gallman and Hasty, and I'm also a big fan of Elijah Mitchell, and apparently he was back at camp today, which is good news. Uh, he was practicing today, so hopefully we get a chance to see him on Sunday. I'm really hoping that we can see some of him because we haven't yet, and he was a sixth round pick, and he was a guy I really liked coming out of college. It was Gallman and Hasty. So Gallman is just a solid do-it-all running back. He's not particularly special at everything, but he's pretty good at everything. Hasty is very fun to watch. He's very shifty, and he gives a lot of high effort and burst, and he's like a little jitterbug back there, like bouncing around flying inches off the ground and everything. Um, but the main difference is that Gallman seems to have much better vision. He also has better in pass protection. So Hasty is going to be fun to watch, but Gallman is still significantly better in terms of he will get what you give him in terms of blocking. Hasty is going to give a really fun level of effort, but he might not hit the right hole. He might hit the wrong hole and try and bounce the wrong way. Um, and they both had about the same amount of carries. If I remember correctly, Hasty had about 
18 carries. Gallman had like 14. But Gallman had over four yards a carry, and Hasty only had about three yards a carry. And I think the primary reason for that is because Gallman is much better in terms of reading the blocks and taking what's given and weaving his way through traffic, whereas Hasty might might not even hit the right hole. So I think at this point, Gallman has a leg up. Uh, I think Hasty is going to be on the outside looking in. And if Elijah Mitchell shows up next week at the game on Sunday versus the Raiders, then I think that Hasty is going to end up on the practice squad or with somebody else. But... I mean, it'll be a bummer, and I really like Hasty. He's, again, really fun to watch. But I think that we've already got a really, really good running back group. So it's not going to be the biggest loss if our fifth best running back doesn't make the team. Uh, again, defense was insanely impressive and uh, cuts. So, yeah, that's pretty much all the big stuff. I mean, that's pretty much everything that I can think of. Um, so again, there was practice today and a bunch of people came back from injuries. So again, Bose was back. He was practicing. Trent Williams was back. He was practicing. They practiced against each other. Bosa got a sack. D Ford looks amazing. Uh, Elijah Mitchell was there. Jaquiski Tart got activated off of pup. So we've got a couple more practices. And then there's a game on Sunday versus the Raiders. So this game, Shanahan has said the Raiders game is he considers to be the kind of preview, uh, the dress rehearsal, they like to call it. So my guess is that what we can expect is a good amount of the starters. And I think he wants to play a lot of the starters. So... I think that right now, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who would not be playing, but I'm pretty sure that they want everybody to play. Kittle should be playing, Ayuk, Debo. Again, any of this could change if someone gets injured, but I think that anyone who's healthy that's a starter, they're going to want to play. How much they play, I don't know. I would guess they'll probably have the starters play minimum one quarter, maybe the entire first half. Maybe not quite the first half, but uh, you know what I mean. Probably probably about 20 to 25 minutes. The first 20 to 25 minutes of the game, we're going to have the starters. So thus far, we haven't seen very much of Jimmy. Jimmy had one short series in week one. He had one extended series in week two. Uh, we've basically only seen Jimmy throw the ball about eight or ten times so far. I think, uh, yeah, let me see here. So he was three of six last week, and then the week prior to that he was three of three. So we've only seen Jimmy throw the ball nine times. And Jimmy has completed six of nine passes for 40 yards and an interception so far. So I know that Jimmy is the starter, but if Jimmy lays an egg, then there might be a chance if Trey plays very well that there might be, you know, some conversations about who's going to start. 
because I think Shanahan wants Trey to win the job. He just hasn't quite showed that he's ready there. So what I'm looking for, obviously, I want to see, first and foremost, I want to see all the starters come healthy out of this game. First and foremost, that's the number one thing, is I want the starters healthy. We're going to see, you know, starting offensive line, we should see Trent Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack, Dan Brunskill is probably still going to be right guard, Mike McGlinchey, we're going to see Kittle, we should see some Raheem Mostert, some Juice, Ayuk, Debo on offense, Jimmy G, obviously, on defense. We're probably going to see some Nick Bosa, some D Ford, Eric Armstead, DJ Jones, uh, Javon Kinlaw. I don't really know what's been going on with Javon. He hasn't participated in one-on-one drills, but he has been completing, competing in 11-on-11. So I know Javon has kind of been having some nagging something going on throughout training where he hasn't been able to practice enough. So I really hope that Javon's injuries aren't a nagging thing because nagging injuries, especially with younger players, it stunts their development because they're not able to practice as much. And if you're an older vet and you've already been in the league for, you know, four, five, six years, then you've usually got most of your technique down. If you're a first or second year player, it's it slows your development being injured. So I really hope that Javon is able to stay healthy. But we should see some of him, assuming that he's healthy. We should see some Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. I believe Aziz Al-Shair also returned to practice, so we might see some of him. We should see some Verrett, although he wasn't at practice today. We should hopefully see some Mosley, depending on how he's feeling. Uh, Jimmy Ward. We should see Quan Williams out there. Starting strong safety is going to be interesting because... Again, Tart returned from the pup, but Tavon Wilson has been holding down the starting uh, strong safety position. So, yeah, that's primarily, hopefully, what we're going to see on defense. And we're going to be going up against the Raiders' first team. So, it's going to be fun. Now, in terms of the second team, I would say that whatever we see in the third quarter is probably not going to matter very much. Because... We're going to be having to cut the team down from 80 players down to 53 in a week. So if I remember correctly, after the game on Sunday, they need to cut down from 80 to 53 by the following Tuesday. I could be wrong on this, but this is just off the top of my head. So that means they're going to have to make... And again, there's there's not a whole lot of positions where they're unsure of. I would say that they are probably pretty confident in about 40 to 45 players on the team. And there's probably really only about five or six positions that are open for competition. I would say we probably know who the eight offensive linemen are going to be. We probably know who five of the six wide receivers are going to be. I think we know who at least three of the tight ends are be. I don't know if we know who our fourth is going to be quite yet. Uh, we might not know who our fifth safety is or our fifth linebacker. Um, you know, but again, you're, you're talking about nitpicks here. You're talking about basically about four, five, six roster spots. 
I think we have a pretty good idea about who's going to be making the team at this point. So chances are fourth quarter, not going to be anything interesting. What I am really wondering is how much of an opportunity they give Trey. Because, again, Trey needs reps. And the more reps that he gets, the better. So I could really care less whether or not we see Sudfeld. We probably will see some Sudfeld in the fourth quarter. And it's going to be ugly and painful and lots of pathetic. It's just not good, you know. If if you've seen Sudfeld, then you don't want to see Sudfeld. <laughs> but it's gonna be good. Now, I don't know if I'll be able to watch the game. So basically I'm going camping this weekend. I'm trying to get out of here, so I'm going to my favorite spot. I have a lake up in the mountains that is about two miles away from any road and it's typically covered in snow and ice for about eight months out of the year. So this time of the year I have a beautiful lake at 6,000 feet where I like to go and camp and just be alone and far away from everybody. So my girlfriend and I, and then one of her coworkers and his girlfriend, who also like to camp, we're all going to go up there. So we're going <clears> to <throat> drive up into the mountains, and then we're going to hike a couple miles, and then we're going to camp and drink some beers and have a good time on Saturday. So the game is at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. I don't know if I'll be back by then. I really hope I have a chance to watch it. Uh, <laughs> my guess is I'll probably be coming down the mountain trying to find it on my phone uh, right about the time that the game is happening because usually we like to break camp around 11 or so in the morning and again it's about an hour or two uh, to sell service so I may or may not have a chance to watch the game I really hope that I do but at the same time, I'm going camping and I haven't had a chance to do that in a couple months. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And I want to spend some time with the woman, spend some time with some friends, drinking some beer at a lake in the mountain in the middle of nowhere with zero people within five miles. It's my favorite thing about it is that there's not a road for at least a mile and there's probably not a single human within five miles so it's a happy place <laughs> all right well i think that's about all that we have to cover um it's gonna be fun watching this game on sunday again it's probably gonna be vanilla offense they're probably just gonna be trying to main thing is just getting the starters in there getting them kind of like back in the groove of everything, getting them in game rhythm, getting them out healthy. And then we'll probably get a chance to see some more backups, get some reps in there. And then the fourth quarter is probably just going to be, you know, a lot of guys competing for three or four total positions. So yeah, it should be a good time. And then after that game, um, I never really know when I'm going to post because I have quite a busy life. It's literally 11 o'clock right now. 
I worked a full day, had a stressful day at work, got off, went to the gym, did deadlifts and went in the sauna, got home, ate dinner, played a little bit of Madden and now I'm recording and I got to post this and get to the bed. So, um, yeah. And that's like most nights for me. (laughs) So I don't know when I'll be putting my next one out. My guess is that I'll probably put out my next podcast. I would guess next Tuesday uh, or Wednesday, probably right around the time that cuts happen, review the game, review the cuts, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, please enjoy the game. Have a good time. And Shout out to all of you who are listening. Somehow this podcast is slowly growing. My Twitter is probably where people are hearing about it because I've got like a solid following on Twitter of like 80 people. And I think I've got like 30 or 40 regular listeners. So shout out to every single one of you. Uh, You you make me feel guilty whenever I don't post. All right. Well, hey, you guys. Have an awesome day. I will catch you next time. Go Niners.